excited to be sitting down and having a chat with Fiona Brennan. Fiona is a mental health expert, a hypnotherapist, and an author of two incredible books, self-help books, I think we can call them, Fiona. We can indeed. Yes, absolutely. The, the Positive Habit is my first book. And my new book that's coming out is The Self-Love Habit. Brilliant. So Fiona, tell us a little bit about your journey. How does one become a hypnotherapist? Yeah, well, I've been doing it for nearly 10 years now. And it's basically, I am a therapist who uses hypnosis as a tool. So I, I use a lot of tools. Hypnotherapy will be the main one. And essentially, my expertise in the, is in the area of anxiety and self-esteem issues. And that's what I see so much of in my work is people struggling with low self-esteem and um, concerns over their own, uh, you know, sense of self and valuing themselves and, and not feeling good enough. Um, so that is where I, I really feel I have the most benefit to help people is, is in that area. Um, and it's, I just absolutely love my work. I have to say it's something I'm really blessed to do and passionate about it because I do see people making progress and there's nothing more um, amazing than seeing someone who's struggling move into a new area where they're starting to feel a lot better. Um, having said that, it does, you know, it really has, uh, there's an effort involved. It's not a passive type of therapy. You know, you've got to be very proactive, I think, in terms of mental health. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very um, direct way to, to really make an impact on, in helping people. Yeah, for sure. It's so fascinating, Fiona. And I think you mentioned that you're doing it for a long time now. So I, I've got to ask, like over the last number of years, um, mental health has obviously become a topic that is discussed far more openly. And uh, there is a lot more support and resources available to people who feel they're struggling. So what kind of evolution have you seen over the last number of years? Has it been a positive one? Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're, we're moving in the right direction. And I, I think for young people, you know, growing up today, there's so much more awareness. So I was only talking about this earlier um, on a podcast I was doing with Caroline Foran, who's really got a great, um, you know, approach and has helped many people through her own struggles with anxiety. And we were talking about how, you know, the, the younger generation today can sometimes be dismissed as the snowflake kind of, you know, there's a very sort of dismissive attitude sometimes towards them. And I find that that isn't helpful because I think that, you know, the awareness of what anxiety is, is much greater now than it ever was. You know, I mean, I would have struggled myself when I was younger in my, you know, teenage years, my early adulthood. And I just didn't even know what that term meant. So at least today, young girls growing up, there's just so much more awareness, more resources, less stigma. Um, I think it's wonderful. And I think that, you know, it's, it's the tip of the iceberg. I think we're just moving so much more in the right direction. So it's very hopeful. Yeah, for sure. And it's great that uh, it is moving as well in a direction, you know, and that that direction is the right one. Um, I think as well, Fiona, for young people at the moment, it's more challenging than ever being, um, you know, denied social contact from their friends. We're all obviously struggling in the lockdown, but especially now that schools are closed and they have been for a number of months, a lot of young people find themselves living in a virtual reality where they're in school online, they're socializing online, and everything they do revolves around online 
you know, meeting and greeting people. So do you, how is that affecting young people's mental health and how can we mind ourselves from the negative effects? Well, it's a really good question, Louise. And I, to be honest, I am concerned about it. I mean, I'm concerned in the sense that young people are very adaptable in the moment in terms of they don't have a choice, right? So if you're told you've got to do Zoom on school, uh, online, etc., well, there's nothing you can do about it. So young people are very good at getting on with things, but it's more to do with the impact later on in years in terms of you know, key developmental milestones, for example, you know, our ability to socially interact, to read cues of other people. Like we're doing this now on Zoom, but if we were in a room together, we're probably going to be able to pick up a lot more on each other, but we're doing our best and our skills are getting better. I think, you know, as the, as the months go on, we've got better at it. But for young people, it is a concern. I really do think that as parents, I have my own son who's 13, teenager, and um, I really do encourage parents to, to, to allow their children to go out safely, you know, on a bike, maybe with a pal, or, you know, as much outdoor, fresh, real life, face-to-face -face, um, time as possible that is safe to do so. Because we don't want a generation growing up that uh, are missing that. And what can happen with isolation is that it kind of feeds on itself. You know, the longer we spend on our own, even in the, the virtual world, as you say, they're socializing, but it's not the same. And uh, the longer we do that, the more anxious we become than when we are in more social, you know, real life situations. So we've got to be really mindful of that. And that's, that's why I think it's important um, that as, you know, for the duration of this, that, that there's a, a sense of hope and a sense of that this will pass and you know to keep things as buoyant and light as possible for young people is really important uh, because they take their, their lead from um, generally their the parents and the adults in their lives. Yeah that's really well said Fiona and I think that um, you know it's, it's just such a catch, I think, for this generation because we read all the time in self-help books and I'm sure it's something that you say yourself. Um, when someone is, you know, telling you to take some time to yourself, generally one of the first things they will say is step away from social media, turn off your phone, turn off the screens, get outside. But I guess my question is for young people who feel that stepping away from social media is almost like stepping away from their community all together and becoming an outsider how can they step away but still stay involved in everything that's going on yeah absolutely and you're right it's how they communicate you know in terms of if you're not on snapchat or whatever it might be you're going to feel really left out so it's it's helping young people to to have that uh, inner kind of marking in themselves when they know that it's going into a negative because there's a lot of positive there. You can have great fun. They have great chats. But knowing when you're going into the kind of, and we, you know yourself, it can happen to us on Instagram, whatever it might be, is you kind of go into a, 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 a fog of, you know, a digital fog. So I think what we need to do is help young people to have boundaries around that so that it's not an all or nothing. I think any all or nothing situation is, is, is a negative, whether that's, you know, with diet or with any, anything, when it's an extreme um, then we're in trouble. So, so having really healthy boundaries about it is important. And young people do need guidance with that, I think. Um, and helping them to, to, to want to see, to experience themselves what it's like. So that, you know, even for example, last night, my son came into the bedroom, he just handed the phone to me. It's like, I don't want it. I was like, well, that's, that's good. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because he's, he's, he's had enough, basically. 
Um, and that's what we're looking for is that people really are starting to self-monitor themselves, but they do need guidance depending on how old they are. Of course, you know, you're not, you can't be going yeah. into it. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I know you speak a lot about, you know, forming positive habits. So I presume that that's just a positive habit, you know, knowing that everything in moderation is, is something that you need to kind of teach yourself to, to do and to make part of your, your daily routine or whatever it might be. So um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh, maybe some tips and tricks on how best to form positive habits like that or other positive habits that are, you know, really beneficial at a time like this. I would say the most important tool for any habit is mindfulness and awareness so that we bring a higher level of consciousness to whatever it is we're doing. Because otherwise, we're just acting really on an automatic basis. And that's what habits are. They're um, established behaviors, emotions, thoughts as well are, are, you know, we can have habits of thinking that we're unaware of and that live in the subconscious mind. So that's where hypnotherapy is very useful because what we've got to do is train ourselves to feel the reward of positive habits, whether that's a behavioral habit, like as I said, you know, maybe eating more healthily, exercise, et cetera. But it can also be like, what is the habit of thinking that I have? Am I being kind to myself in my internal dialogue? dialogue? Or am I being hard on myself? And if I'm being hard on myself, then that's a habit that I can change. And, you know, I think that's what's so hopeful that we know so much more about how the brain works and how we can literally change those. And especially young people, like our brains are completely malleable up to the age of about 25. After that, it becomes more, we need to put more focused awareness into creating change. But young people have so much scope in terms of shaping their own brains. And that comes from the surroundings and the context that they're in but also through choice and that's where we can really help them and I think it's it's just so empowering to be able to see that and um, so I do I love working with with young people I don't work with um, people under 18 but I do love working with with uh, you know 18 19 20 year olds that come into to my clinic it's just such a joy because I I have the opportunity to help that person to save them maybe from you know another 20 years of being hard on themselves for yeah. for example I find it so fascinating, Fiona, that, you know, the power of negative thoughts can actually affect someone to that degree. Like, it's unbelievable that, like, how simply waking up in the morning and the way that you speak to yourself, like you've mentioned, your internal dialogue, that that can actually be the making or breaking of your day. So what is, like, a really, I guess, what is a way that we can train ourselves not to speak negatively? Because I don't know if it's an Irish thing or maybe it's just a human thing, but I think we definitely have a culture here in Ireland of being like, oh, God, no, sure, I could never do that job or I'm definitely not good enough to do that activity or I'll never be as talented as her. And maybe it's a comparison thing as well. And we compare ourselves and automatically tell ourselves, something negative like we're not going to be able to do something you know that we think is out of our league so how can we change that mindset you know in the morning when we wake up and start our day telling ourselves that we actually can absolutely yeah you're so right Louise that, that people do that you know they really put themselves down and don't give them themselves enough credit for what they're truly capable of so in both my books I have audios that you start your day with and also finish your day with and this is where you're doing that. You're actually programming your brain when it's most malleable. Uh, so first thing in the morning, you would listen to like in, in the new book, The Self-Love Habit, 
It's called Love to Rise. So you listen to seven minutes of a very kind, positive, you know, meditation that sets you up for the day. And really, it's like being a friend to yourself. How can you be a friend to yourself for the day? And when you do that over repetition, it's got to be repeated. It's nice to do it once, but you're not going to get the, the same um, results. You've got to, to really be, you know, make it a habit. And again, lasting at night, when you're going to sleep, you're drifting off to sleep and your subconscious again is most at its most uh, flexible. And that's where you can listen to the sleep, um, love to sleep audio. So you kind of drift off to sleep. And as you're drifting, you're again hearing some very lovely messages that also ask you to embrace the parts of yourself that you, you find difficult. And that's really what um, self-esteem and self-love is about. It's about accepting the parts of ourselves we find more difficult to love. And when you do that with yourself, you then are much better at doing that with your relationships, you know, so you're not as irritated by other people. You're not as frustrated uh, because you're able to tolerate someone else's difficult uh, parts of them. And so it's, it's a, you know, it's really the most selfless thing you can do. That's, that's one of the main messages I, I really love to, to share is that self-love is selfless, not selfish. Yeah, that's so important and so true. And I, I think that it's very easy to say, oh, you need to love yourself first. And in order to love anyone else, you have to love yourself first. But a lot of the time, I think finding that love for yourself is so much easier said than done, you know? It is, Louisa. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're not, we're not taught how to do it. It's, we're never told. In fact, we're almost told the opposite, like what you were saying earlier, you know, don't get too big for your boots or you know, if you were a bar of chocolate, you'd eat yourself. And there's a lot of kind of negative, you know, um, connotations around it. And I think we need to change that. You know, we really do. Um, because when you're younger, that tends to land much more um, impactfully. And you, you can believe that. You can believe, well, who am I to um, do this or to achieve that? Or, you know, it's, it's like somebody else, but not me. And the real thing is, well, why not you? Because you're just as important as anybody else. You know, we're, we're all equal, not better or not worse. Um, and yet many people will have, feel either inferior or superior to others. And either way, you're going to be suffering. If you yeah. feel superior to others, then you're not in a, in, a, in a good place within yourself either, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's, it definitely is a massive subject and definitely a massive challenge as well for a lot of young people to tackle. And I think as well, just coming back to social media very quickly, for a young sure. people who find themselves on the likes of Instagram, let's just take Instagram because I often think that is like the highlight reel, especially for celebrities or people that, you know, we admire um, and we go onto Instagram and see them living these very glamorous lives and we're like, sure, I haven't a chance of even half the lifestyle they have. Therefore, I, uh, I must be lesser. So how can you change that narrative, Fiona? Well, I think you're right. It, it, it is. It, it kind of lends itself to comparative culture. And, you know, we, we felt like this long before Instagram came along. I mean, if you go back into history, you'll see that people were, you know, maybe looking at Marilyn Monroe and thinking, I'll never be Marilyn Monroe. And, you know, it's, it's always been there. There's always been icons. It's just much more, um, I suppose, in, literally in your face nowadays. Uh, and we're all public figures in that sense, because if you're on social media, then you're putting yourself into, into the public eye. Um, so really, it's, it's about digging deep in terms of, 
you know, for example, uh, Roz Purcell is fantastic at this in terms of her Instagram is amazing. Um, and she's actually interviewed in the book, The Self-Love Habit. And the reason I wanted to interview her was because of that very reason is that she, she really, like, I love the way, you know, if you've ever seen her picture, she'll go the, the posed one and then the, the real one. So she kind of breaks down that, you know, mirror or that charade of, you know, perfection. And that's important. So it can be used in a much more um, positive way. Um, and again, checking in with yourself. If you're not feeling good, if you're scrolling through Instagram, and you're starting to feel that, that's where awareness comes in. And that's where like, you know, put the phone down, go and do something else. Once, you, once it's tipping into negativity, it's not fun anymore. It's not social anymore. That's when you really need to, to have that self-love to, 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 to turn it off and to do something else. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is something we all probably need to get better at doing. And I know for myself, it's something I always tell myself I'll do, but fall into the same trap all the time, I guess, of going back and having those negative thoughts. So Fiona, for people who, you know, are happy in the amount of self-love that they have and uh, are confident <laughs> within themselves, how can those people empower others around them? They will do naturally, to be honest, just by being in their presence. Like, you know what it's like when you're with someone who feels at peace and at ease with themselves. It's very reassuring. It's very um, attractive to be around. And those type of people, they're kind of like um, bees to flowers, you know, or people are like, they are the flower and, and people just come to them because um they exude that presence and that, and that uh, sense of freedom within themselves. So when you do that, you're going to be helping others and not in a preachy way. I think it's really important not to be preachy and say, Oh, I, you know, but just by listening to others and being open to others and valuing them, that that's how you're going to help them. Yeah. I agree so much. And I hope that people, you know, will take a message of like self-love from this chat, because I think it does ultimately, doesn't it boil down to that? If you can't love yourself, it's going to be very hard to spread love and joy and support to those around you. So um, I might just wrap up by asking you, Fiona, for someone like you who has been in the business for a long time, you've met lots of people from different, you know, that are dealing with different um, issues. What to you does female empowerment look like? It looks like um, not listening to anybody else's voice but your own, basically. Listen to your own internal voice and let that be the, the, the voice that guides you in all that you do. So you're not afraid because of what other people think, what society thinks or what you feel you should do. Um, you've got to listen to your own voice. And that's actually one of the things that that came out in um, a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And that was number one regret was that people um, lived a life they felt others wanted them to live. So I think as a female, um, we can be much more prone to kind of putting our, you know, not, not allowing our voice to be heard. Um, and that that's, goes, back, goes back a long time. It's a very primitive um, response. So we've got to, to really... Um, listen to our own voice internally and then not to be afraid to share what we truly feel. Yeah, really well said. I think mm -hmm. that um, lots of people will enjoy everything that you've said so far, Fiona. And uh, I might just ask you as well for people who are tuning us in and watching this Zoom chat that would like to hear more from you or read your books or listen to any other podcast that you're part of, where is the best place to follow everything that you do? 
Um, you can follow me on Instagram on the positive habit and also go onto my website. I've got so many really good resources there that I have made free since the pandemic started. I've got an online course called the positive habit that has helped thousands of people all over the world. And that's available to anyone listening to this. I'd be really happy to share it. And then my books are available uh, in Easton's online. Um, the new book is going to be published the 26th of February. And the, uh, my first book is also available wildly in uh, wildly wildly not wildly widely <laughs> maybe it is wild maybe it is wild <laughs> maybe it is a wild idea and widely available <laughs> thank you yeah uh on online because obviously the books bookstores are closed at the moment but they will open again so yeah that's that's it Brilliant. And we will share all of those links as well. So Fiona Brennan, if you were to leave us with one positive thing that we could do in our day to day, whatever it is, whatever time you're watching this, whoever it is that's tuning us in, what is one positive thing we can do today to make our day a little bit better? I would say to be kind to yourself is the most important thing. So if you feel you're struggling in any way is to literally stop take a really big, long, deep breath into your belly so that you calm your nervous system and just simply say it's okay. And that's being kind. That's acceptance. And acceptance is a huge part of self-love. Brilliant. Okay, I'm going to take that deep breath right now and tell myself that I'm doing all right. Fiona Brennan, it is such a pleasure to chat with you. And thank you so much for being part of the Shine series. My absolute pleasure. And you're doing brilliant. <laughs> so thank you.